You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to the Self-Publishing Journeys podcast. This is episode 36 for Monday the 7th of November 2016. My guest this week is Ginny Carter, who is a business book ghostwriter and book writing coach. She's known as the author maker. Ginny is on a mission to transform established speakers, coaches and consultants from everyday experts into respected thought leaders and in-demand speakers. She does this by working with them to produce a book that grows their reputation and expands their business. When I interviewed Ginny, I asked her why it's so important for experts to have a book. Well, really, it's because there are a lot of experts out there, aren't there? There are a lot of people that call themselves an expert. And um, when you've written a book, when, you, when you've written a book on your subject of expertise, um, you're really proving to the world that you've got enough of substance to say about it, that you can actually fill a whole book. And that really puts you on a podium, doesn't it, above all of the other coaches, speakers, consultants out there, um, because people respect books. You know, when we when we go back to our childhoods and, you know, we were at school and um, growing up, we were taught to go to books for information. And of course, nowadays, we find our information from many other sources as well. But we still have that respect for books as being really uh, powerful, powerful ways of changing our thinking and learning new things. Um, and, and with an expert with a book is turned from being, you know, an everyday expert into being a respected thought leader with something really special to say. Now, I call this expert positioning. I work with quite a lot of businesses and I can immediately recognise an expert positioning person, the kind of person who needs a book. And they're, they're often either a leader of a business uh, and people are obviously coming to them for information, guidance and experience, or they're a, a solopreneur, somebody working in their own business, who frankly would benefit from being perceived as an expert. So they get asked to do talks and be on stage and things like that. So I, I'm taking it this is like a supporting prop for that kind of role. Um, well, I think it can be a supporting prop, but actually it can be it can be an awful lot more than that because through a book, new doors are open to you that, that, that might have been closed before. So, for example, I was talking to a speaker uh, the other day who um, basically the way that, that he's written his book is that he's he's written it so that he can speak on any of the individual chapters within the book so this book is now helping him to get speaking opportunities which uh, he wish he wouldn't have had before which he's now being paid more for as well but also he's able to reinforce all of the other activities within his business by his, through his book so the book the book will support the business but also the book can be a, a driver for the business because apart from anything else when you write a book it really makes you think in a lot more depth and detail about how you think about your business what your um you know what your expertise is it makes you think about it in a lot more depth and funnily enough just this morning um i was talking with one of my clients who who i i'm ghostwriting his book for and and he said to me god you know your questions are great because they're making me think about about my subject in a way that i haven't done before um, and that's what a really good book will do. Where when you're writing a book, you, you you will you will think about it from your reader's perspective. How you're going to explain everything that's in your head to them? It forces you to get clear on things. Yeah, I was going to say because I bet a lot of people say to you, "Oh, I've got you know 30 years' experience floating around my brain, uh, and I just draw it out as I need it." How on earth do I start the process of formalising that into some way? methodology that somebody else could learn from or pick up from it must be quite difficult or feel difficult to them it can it can be difficult when you're trying to do it on your own yeah because you know what you know and sometimes we don't value what we know do we we um we take it for granted and and i'm i'm sure i'm guilty of that as as much as anyone else that um sometimes it takes somebody else to to show us the value of what's in our heads um but also yes you're right in that to structure a book in such a way as it makes sense to the reader is, is, is not always an easy process. But actually, I think a lot of people who have um, 
a program, say if they're a coach and they've got a process they work through with their, their clients or a consultant where they, they've usually got some kind of procedure, process, methodology, which for them works really well. Um, and actually to use that as a basis for structuring the book, structuring the information in it and creating an outline can often be, a, you know, can often actually just be a bit of a no brainer, really. It, often it's actually easier than they think. I think that where where it can be more difficult for people is to think about, well, why am I writing this book in the first place? And what impact will that decision then make on all of the other things that, that, that I do with this book? So, um, you know, a book can be written to help you to gain credibility um, or authority. It could be to help people. It could be to gain speaking opportunities. It could be um, as a legacy. It could be because you just want to write it. <laughs> it could be lots and lots of different things. Um, and I think it's really important to get clear on that first, actually, before you even decide what's going to be in the book, to get clear on that, because um, that decision, that, the answer to those questions will then dictate everything else that comes afterwards. How often do you get the big resistance saying, I couldn't possibly write a book? Does that come up very often? Yeah, well, you know, it, it is a big undertaking. And actually, that is part of the reason why people have respect for authors is because they know they've done something that it, that is not easy um but yeah i think for most people it's lack of time really it's it's just lack of time to um have the time to f focus on on this big project and of course there are lots of people out there who manage it so it's really a question of priority and focus and an attitude i think i mean it's the same with anything isn't it when we when we think about a big new project um, we have to break it down and make it manageable for ourselves and um yeah so a lot of people do find it very daunting but but Fortunately, many people manage to overcome that barrier and, and get started with it. Now, you, you work as a, as a ghostwriter. Do you always write the books alongside your clients or do sometimes they write the book themselves under your guidance? Well, yeah, I, I, work, <clears throat> I work in both ways, really. As a ghostwriter, and the way I normally work is that I will interview my clients and get the information out of their head um, and write the book from that. So uh, a lot of people... Are, very good at talking actually you know especially if you're a coach or a consultant you know you, you're good at good at communicating through talking and often people like that think through talking as well um i tend to think through writing so so you know that that's very complimentary um but but some of my clients i work as a coach so they write the book themselves and i will coach them through that process keeping them accountable giving them help helping them get over those barriers that the, the stumbling blocks that we all come across when we when we take on a big new challenge um so that they end up with a written book that's a much better quality book and and of course exists in a way that it wouldn't have done if they if they hadn't had some support with it talk me through the process then if, if i if i came to you and i said i've got all this knowledge in my head but i haven't got a clue where to start getting it down on paper what process would you go through with me to extract that and also more importantly to organize that into into chapter headings if you want yeah well that, that, that i always start um in a very strategic way and actually i've got a business and marketing background myself so i think that helps me to see it in in in, in that from that angle um so it's not just about the writing it's about the thinking that goes into it before you even start writing um so yeah so it's about it's about getting their goals clear um as i mentioned earlier um and then getting their all audience very clear as well because as, as I'm sure you know uh, you don't want to just aim at everybody because that means it's not really going to be appealing to anybody it needs to have a good tightly defined audience as a book um, and then once you've decided why you want to write it and who you're writing it for that then it becomes a lot easier to then decide what you're going to say so what we'll do then is look at um, it depends on their starting point if they've got a program that they already work with and that will be the starting point it could be that they've already had some thinking around their business um, that helps to inform, you know, what the chapter headings are going to be. And sometimes it'll just be as simple as me saying like, um, okay, so given this big question that you're answering in this book, you know, this central message of it, what would be the first thing you'd want to say to your reader? And then what would be the next thing you'd want to say? And what would be the, the third thing you'd want to say? And sometimes when you break it down like that and start thinking about it as a conversation rather than as a book in capital letters, um, it just becomes a lot easier. So do you start with the structure and then when you've got the structure, we start to fill in the, the content, the gaps? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot easier to work like that. Um, and the reason being 
thing is if you don't have an outline to start off with, then you run the risk that you get partway through it and realise that, oh, actually, no, chapter one, I should have done it differently. No, chapter three, oh, you know, that bit there needs to be later on. You get yourself into an awful state. And this is when sometimes people come to me, actually, is they've got partway through and they've got stuck. And I can almost guarantee nine times out of ten it's because they haven't thought it all through before they started. And then it's terribly demotivating because you've got to then – cross bits out that you've written and move it all around and of course that's when you give up because it just feels like it's you know to just it's sort of really hard work instead of instead of being easy because actually once you've got your points clear all you've got to do is write about them you know you don't have to think as well <laughs> do, do you record the conversations then and then extract from that or are you some sort of super shorthand taker or anything <laughs> do, do you have those skills uh, well yes I wish I did, but no, I, I do record them and I get them transcribed. And, and for me, the transcriptions are very much the raw material. And what it does is for me is it helps me to capture that author's voice as well, which is very important because they've got their own way of expressing themselves and the words they like to use. And the, 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 it's not just about the vocabulary. It's also about um, the, the, the tone of their delivery. You know, they might be quite a, a quick, fast speaker who really likes to get the points out in a punchy way or they might be more thoughtful and more reflective and so it's important that i capture all of that in in the in the book as well so yeah recording recording uh software is um is is my savior actually it's incredibly useful and i have all sorts of backups and alternatives if the the, the first one fails as i'm sure you do so um so it, it's yeah it's just it, i think technology has helped helped this whole process enormously and then gone are the days when you'd have to sit face to face with somebody with a recorder between you this is probably going to be one of these yes or no questions that i shouldn't ask but i'm going to ask it anyway you're not using something like dragon software are you to to record these because i know that dragon records and transcribes and i just wondered whether you had any experience with those sorts of softwares yeah well no, i've explored various different options with the auto transcribe but the problem with the miz is they can't cope with two different voices so um as I, know, I know if I'm interviewing somebody, uh, there's two people talking, obviously. So um, I haven't found a solution, an automated solution that will work with two different people, especially when one of them isn't a person that that software has got used to before. Um, so, yes, if you have any um, uh, other suggestions, then that, that would be interesting to hear. But that's that's kind of where I am with it. Well, no, I'm listening to it. I'm thinking this is a great model for anybody who wants to uh, dictate and anybody who wants to write nonfiction. We could work with a coach like you who, who knows the process really well. But everything you're telling me here it just strikes me that you could use this on your own if you wanted to as well. Yeah, well, exactly. And actually, in some of my coaching clients who are really comfortable with thinking through talking, I do suggest to them that they just record record themselves. Um, they can either use, an, yeah, as you said, just suggested one of the auto transcribe services or or they can get it transcribed quite cheaply but um but i think that the main the main thing is is to have a set of questions that you're answering when you do your talking because if you just start rambling it's going to be quite hard work for you to then organize that into a coherent book but if you if you're very clear on your outline and you've got your points clear within that then really all you're doing is asking yourself a question and then answering it and and clearly there's a process there of, of writing it so that it's suitable for a book because books aren't just conversations they're you know they're they're, they're, they're they're more formal than that but it's a lot easier to start with with something in front of you than it is with a blank page for many people now i i produced a book the first book i ever produced which you won't find anywhere i think i saw it in amazon in china uh many years ago um the first one i ever did was was done through transcription so we needed to find a, an expert positioning book very quickly two of us were working together and we we both done uh, skype interviews this is when i was internet marketing and we both got five of our skype interviews um got, i think we'd have them transcribed anyway and then and turned them into a book and it, and it worked really well actually uh you know very much along the lines that you're saying it's a very quick way of producing a book i think we did that dare i say it in a week it'll take you a lot longer than that wow. i'm guessing well, we had them done already, remember? They were already transcribed. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly you, you were somebody who really knew what you wanted to say. You were very clear about your market, your topic, um, and what you were doing it all for. So for you, you had bypassed some of the process that many people go through already. And then, as you say, of course, you already had the interviews. Um, so, yes, it can be it can be a very good way of doing that. And obviously it depends on the length of the book as well. Um, I don't know how long your book was, but it, yeah, a full 
Blake's book, you know, 50,000 words. So is, is going to be longer to write than a, you know, 25,000 word ebook, maybe, for example. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it can take all sorts of different lengths of time. I mean, I tend to take several months, um, partly because my clients don't, they have other things going on in their lives apart from, apart from their book so I need to work around that um, but also I find it it helps me to really get the quality writing going you know as an iterative process and do, go through it several drafts to get to the point where we've got a really quality book at the end of it but of course there are quicker ways of doing it as you say yeah that's yeah, good I've just pulled this off the chef actually because I, I don't count this in my publishing career actually but we did it in uh, 2013 and we made uh, 264 pages out of it, which is... Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. I'll put a picture of that, because I don't even mention that when I'm talking about self-publishing. I've completely forgotten <laughs> it until I started talking to you. But, you know, when you were talking about the process, I thought, oh, yeah, I've, I have, I've been through this. I've actually done this myself. So um, I'll put a photo of that book on the um, show notes page for your, just to show people what it looks like. But, it's, um, you know, it's a very good way of producing a book from nothing, dare I say. Not nothing, but what's in your head or, or what people have said to you. Oh, completely. I, and I always think start with what you've got. A lot of people do have more than they think. I mean, if they've blogged a lot or, or they've um, they've they've already uh, got interviews like yourself, like like you did, or it may even be that they've got client experiences that they can turn into stories. And um, we've all got more than we think we have. And I mean, a lot of the, my clients that I work with um, for the ghostwriting, you know, they haven't done many these things because it's just not been something that's been part of their business they they haven't they might have done a bit of blogging but they, they probably haven't got an enormous amount of other material having said that if they're a speaker they, they've often got um talks that they've done so those are things that you can transcribe they may have got videos of events um that they filmed or they could have um online programs that they've developed which actually contain a lot of their thinking and in fact one of my coaching clients at the moment is um, he's actually in the process of creating an online training program and he's writing the book alongside it. So each chapter is a, a different section of his of his program uh, and the two are going together very nicely. So, yeah, you know, use what use what you already have and, and, and you've always got more than you think. I think that concept of um, structuring the book, you've, you've twice mentioned that now, and I've, I'd never clocked that, and I think that's very clever, is um, structuring the book around the training program. So presumably within the book, this is my dark internet marketing past coming back now, um, presumably at the end of each chapter, you could then plug the training course. You could use the book constantly to plug the training course and, and move them into the high ticket oh. program. Oh, completely. Yes. You, you, I mean, I'm not sure if I would do it at the end of every chapter because I think that comes across a bit heavily. <laughs> well, I, I didn't say my but, dark but, internet marketing past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but leaving that aside. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, your book must do something for your business. It must pay you a return on your investment. You don't spend all this time writing it or paying somebody else to write it or coaching it, whatever, to, um, you know, to, to not to just sell a few copies. I mean, that's that's not what it's about. It's about what it brings to your business. And um, if you've got a program that links into the book, absolutely bring that into it and you can promote it within the book. And there are various um, clever ways I like to I like to think of of, of, of doing that uh, without coming without it coming across as a, as a sales tool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, we, we, we left off with the actual process where we'd got um, lots of audio and we'd had it transcribed. I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of stuff transcribed in the past. And I know that it often comes back, well, it needs a lot of tidying, doesn't it? It has all the ums and the ahs and the, the phones ringing and things like that in between. It usually comes very, very raw. And you somehow have got to get from that to something that's polished enough to turn into a book. So what, what comes for you next in your process? Well, the, the first thing to to do is to organize the transcript into um, a series of coherent points uh, because when we talk we don't always do it in a very linear way we, we our mind jumps from one thing to another a bit like we've just done now where we went off the point and now come back to it you know it's exactly it's exactly the same uh, that's the way our brains work and um, obviously a book is a linear is a linear format uh, if you read a book where the, the author was talking about one thing then went on to something else then came back to the first thing then said oh by the way before I forget I'll talk about this I mean you, you would just give up reading it quite quickly because you just wouldn't be able to make sense of the train of thought going through so um, so the first thing to do is to, is to get the material organized and that can be quite hard actually um, because if you've not 
if you've not gone through it in a in a in a coherent way, um, then then you've got to kind of you've got a lot of copying and pasting to do, and there are various techniques you can use for doing that. But but essentially, you're trying to organise your points. Um, and then the next step is to think, right, okay, I've got my points organised. Are they in the in the way that would make most sense to my reader? So I, I like to think that most people want to know why they're being told something first. You know, why is this important to me? And and and, and the chapter of any book should start out with, what why would I want to read this chapter? What's in it for me? What, what am I going to learn? How am I going to be benefited in some way from this? Because if people don't feel that, then they won't read it. Then you then you'd be wanting to talk about. Uh, what it is you want, to, what it, the points you're wanting to share with them, the, the, the facts, the figures, the information that you want to get across. Um, but also not just what they need to be doing, but how they should go about it. How, how you know, how how um, they're going to put what you're telling them into practice, and especially they're going to need to know it in terms of the real world. Really, how how when they make these changes that you're advising them to do, whatever they may be. How are they going to make a difference in their real lives, and what could go wrong, and also what could go right for them? What what what's what benefits are they going to end up with as a result of doing all of this? So, um, and then within all of this, we obviously need to be thinking about keeping the reader's interest. So that comes down to lots of things like making it clear uh, and easy to read, because once things become difficult, we don't want to read them. Um, but also weaving in stories, anecdotes. Um, facts, uh, interesting tips. You know, when you think about it, when you think about the books that you've enjoyed reading yourself, there's usually some element of, of not just learning of a lot of dry information. You you want to be entertained as well. And you want it to be persuasive. You know, it's got to, it's got to get across the author's point of view um, in a clear and persuasive way. And that, that's really what we all want out of a book. So there's a lot of work that goes into it other than just transcribing what you've said. But for some people, starting with that, you know, helps the process. Do you have, uh, have to go back for a, a second take? So, for instance, having got that first take and having extracted the, the nuts and bolts of, of what we're learning and how we're doing it, do you ever have to come back and say, actually, I need to dig a little bit deeper into that and have a second run at it? Yeah, sometimes that happens. Um, it's not always possible to get it right first time. Um, but most of the time, I'm, I've, I've developed a technique now of interviewing my clients where I'm usually able to get pretty much everything I need from them and then once I once I've done that I'll send them the first draft chapter um and then of course at that point they may well have comments they may feel that they want to emphasize things in a slightly different way or I might have misunderstood something they've said and they want to you know just correct that or they might like to rephrase something um so you know there's 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 lots of points in the process at which we can both go back and revisit the the book uh, it's not just like a a one-off thing um yes it would be quite simple if it was <laughs> but but books aren't like that because they're in depth thinking and and they always take a bit of you know a bit of time to get right and then i want to explore this idea because you're you're the first person who's who's done ghostwriting that i've i've spoken to about this and ghostwriting really really fascinates me because it's it's quite a funny thing really that when i when i write a fiction book it's kind of all about me it's all about my voice but with you, it's a slight, it's a different skill. You've got to catch, if you, you've already said, the author's voice. And it, it's not about you, is it? Yeah, that, and that's something that I always have to remember. Um, I mean, funnily enough, it actually goes back to, well, I think when I very first got to hear of you, Paul, when, um, when I was working in a social media space a few years ago, uh, I was a freelance social media manager. And I think you, 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 you've obviously done a lot of internet marketing. And um and I, I was doing the tweeting and blogging and so on on behalf of my clients. And so I was writing in their voice then, but obviously in a different format. And one of the the things that they always said to me was, you sound just like you're us. And, you know, you just, how do you do it? You just kind of, I just feel like it's me that I'm reading the words from and, and not you. And uh, and that was when I first realized that I had this ability to write in my clients' voices that I hadn't really quite acknowledged before before i hadn't just hadn't, hadn't really ever realized i could do this so it was that that actually sowed the seeds for me then becoming a, a, a book ghostwriter um so i think it's one of those things it's quite difficult to describe how you do it but th- there are there are certain characteristics that everybody has about when they talk and when they write certain words they like to use a bit like i don't know if you've ever heard of tells you know the psychological yes 
um, mannerisms and gestures that you're often physical gestures that people use when when they're feeling in a certain way well we have them with words as well and uh, we like to use certain words to describe certain things and we, we talk in a certain way and so as much as possible I will always try and capture that I mean inevitably there's going to be a bit of a blend of me and them um, because I've got to turn it into a well-written book and if I just wrote what they said then obviously it wouldn't you know it wouldn't it wouldn't work like that um, but yeah as much as possible I try and capture their essence and so that the book that, that I write for one person will read very differently to the book I would write for somebody else and and in that I have to remember to keep myself out of it as much as possible much as I might be tempted sometimes to dive in and think oh no I'd like to say it like this you know I have to stand back and think no it's not my book it's theirs and you know I must write it in their way and I find this very interesting because I must be an egomaniac I guess because I, I like to have the books with my name on on mm. my shelf and, and that's kind of what part of the kick and part of the process is for me to be I like to produce mm. things and I like to put my name on it and and yet I, I assume you get an acknowledgement in the books but you're, you're creating all these books but they haven't got your name on it on the front cover <laughs> I know I know well I think you'd probably make a terrible ghostwriter Paul I, that's <laughs> I admit it I'm an egomaniac <laughs> I know I know no, no you're absolutely right it is not a job for somebody who likes to see their name in lights and but that's actually completely fine with me because everybody's different and everybody has different motivations for doing what they do and for me the, the joy I get out of it is I love the writing and I love the relationships I develop with my clients. And I, I really um, find very satisfying and enjoyable that whole process of getting information out of their heads and into a well-written book and then giving them that wonderful tool to build their businesses from there. And that's that's what I really enjoy. Um, me having my name on it is is pretty much secondary, really. I mean, it's 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 not a big deal for me and in fact if it was then I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing because some people are cut out for it and, and other people aren't when I was talking to my proofreader I know that um, sometimes she's very relieved to get my fiction books in because she's just done something very dull and, and technical uh, which obviously you know for a proofreader you you still use the same skills that you would for fiction but but actually it's quite a hard it's quite a hard read in terms of your personal enjoyment do you find this with ghostwriting that sometimes you're dealing with topics that are just either straight over your head or there's just nothing there in terms of interest that must pre present you with a challenge? Yeah, I, there are some topics that I find more interesting than others for sure. Um, but what always amazes me actually is that even a topic that can sound really quite dry and uninspiring when you first hear about it, once you actually get into it, it everything is fascinating. Mm. <laughs> and I think this is one of the things I love most about what I do is that I learn so much. I mean, I have become an overnight expert or not quite overnight, maybe a six month expert, you could say, on various different topics because I've written a whole book about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always know. I wouldn't say I know as much as the author because they, they put it into practice as well. But, but, you know, I know a lot of stuff about these things and, um, and it's amazing. Any subject, once you get below the surface, it's incredible. It's incredible what you find out. I mean, I, I'm helping a client at the moment write a book about a very niche area of IT. And, um, you know, I, I, I hadn't even heard of this, this area beforehand. And the more I'm working with him, the more I'm learning about it. And I sort of realized there's all this stuff out there that, that I didn't know. And it's actually really interesting. And everything's got its human side. Everything's always about really about our feelings and the way we think. That's that's what everything comes down to and that's always fascinated me so yeah it's uh, yeah it's amazing it's amazing what you can learn mm, it's an interesting way of looking at it i know i know when i was on the radio um and doing these interviews frankly you know i learned something new from absolutely everybody that i talk to or they make me think in a different way about something i'm doing so it must be very similar uh, for you that it just gets all the brain going in a different way yes yes i can imagine it is very similar actually yes yes i'm sure it is <laughs> So having um, got the, the text then, you presumably then are at the same stage as the rest of us when we've written our book in that we've got to go through, you know, the proofreading, the, the structural editing and all the, all the boring bits that have to be done. Well, some people love them, don't they? But for, for me, I find those bits boring. Yeah, I mean, I, what I do is I'll get my client's book um, copy edited. So that's somebody who really looks at the whole flow, um, the grammar. They, they look at the grammar and the spelling and all of that side of things, but also they look at the way the sentences are described, the kind of whether I've repeated words, whether I've maybe been inconsistent um, 
with the way I've described one thing um, in one chapter and maybe compared to another. Because I think uh, whether it be a ghostwriter or, or an author, you get so close to these things, you just don't see it after a while. You read what you want to read and not what is actually there. So that's always a really, really useful part of the process and then I spend a long time going through all of those suggested changes and 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 um, incorporating the ones that I think are the right ones to to incorporate um and then yeah then the client has um, their manuscript and and what, what we'll have been discussing right from the beginning how they're planning on getting it published some might want to go for a traditional publishing deal in which case they might help them get a, a proposal together so they can send it to traditional publishers or to agents um, others will be self-publishing uh, or might want some recommendations from me on who they can work with as a partnership publisher to get to get their book out there. Um, and then also, I think because of my marketing background as well, it's always useful because I can build that into the book and help them think of ways that they can market their book. And I don't do that sort of thing for them, but I can put them into the you know in the right direction and suggest ways that they can use their book to build their business and to gain more clients, gain more sales, capture email, you know, capturing email addresses is a is a classic one um that they wouldn't have thought of on their own so um yeah there's i don't leave people with a manuscript and no idea what to do with it which, which i think you know is important it's important as, as a whole part of the process just out of interest how many of your clients are open-minded to self-publishing these days or do, are they generally aspiring to traditional it's a real mix actually some some are um assuming that they're going to self-publish right from the beginning because they want to have control over the process and just get it out there as quickly as possible a bit like you did i guess um others have aspirations to go for traditional publishing deals or sometimes actually they've already got a deal when they come to me and they they've got the deal but they want someone to to do the writing so um it may happen the other way around um it's just a real mixture, actually, a real mixture. And I think so much of it comes down to why you're writing the book in the first place and what it is you want to get out of it and, and how you want it to work. Because if you're going to go for a traditional publishing deal, you might need to broaden your audience to, to um, have a book that's got a capability of you know, selling more copies, which is obviously what publishers are interested in. Whereas if you're self-publishing, you can narrow down your audience as much as, as you like. And how involved do you get with things like uh, the cover and the typesetting, you know, the nitty gritty technical bits that make it look really um, professional when it's done? Oh, yeah. Well, those bits are always important, aren't they? But no, I don't get involved with that. Actually, that's really between the author and their publisher. Um, it's always quite exciting to me to see how it all ends up looking, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's quite a nice surprise. Um, I mean, if they want my opinion then obviously I'm very happy to, to give it. And in fact, one of my clients recently, I gave her some help with um, the publishing deal that she was the so it was a, she was working with her partnership publisher and she was looking at a couple of different companies and she was wanting my opinion on on, on what they offered and what who she should go with so i'm very happy to help in, in all of that if people want it um but yeah all of those end bits no that's that's my job done by then <laughs> that's when you leave it yes Yes, that's right. I've done enough by then. I'm on to the next one, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, we joked about this earlier, but do do you get an acknowledgement in the books? Is that is that part and parcel of the deal? Or could you actually be completely invisible in a ghostwriting experience? Um, it depends. I, I mean, some of my authors are really, really generous and they acknowledge me and they're happy for me to talk about their books. And that's that's very nice. And that's all really down to the quality of the relationship we've built up over that time. Um, and others... Um, I don't want to do that because they want to, you know, keep keep mine keep me completely away from it. And again, that is completely fine. You know, it's really their decision. I'm, I, I the agreements I have with them are that it's completely confidential, um, and unless unless agreed otherwise, and anything else is up to them. Something I haven't asked you is, is how did you get into this? You weren't an aspiring fiction writer, were you? Or is it is it, is it just been a natural progression from your marketing career? Yeah, in a way, it has. It's really weird because I I spent about 18 years working in in marketing and then um and then and then i i, I for various reasons um got into freelance social media management and and really i could have carried on doing that pretty much indefinitely because i had lots of clients it was going very well it was around about the time of the explosion in social media um lots of businesses needing expert help um and i you know i was turning clients away every month i was i was fully booked it was great but there was just kind of something missing and i i, I when i asked myself well do i want to be doing this in 10 years time time 
uh, the answer was no. So I thought, well, that means I've got to do something about it. And of course, it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to sit doing the same thing day after day that comes naturally to you and you don't have to work too hard at it. But when it's not really satisfying you, there's a limit to how long you can carry on. Um, so it wasn't convenient, but I, I kind of had to I had to address this. And I, in the end, actually, what I did was I worked with a coach who helped me find what it is I really wanted to do. And and as I mentioned before, that part of the clue in, in deciding what it was, was that feedback I got from my clients saying, you sound like you're us. Uh, and then I knew I'd always love writing and I knew that I could step up, you know, from tweeting and blogging. I could really step up from that into writing a full length book. So I like to say I went from 140 characters to 140 pages, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm pinching that for the promos, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was scary. It was scary at the beginning, but it was so worth it. And now, you know, I've written several books now. I'm almost six book in a minute. Um, and I'm loving it. So, yeah, not the thing I ever envisaged I would do when I was when they asked me at school, you know, what do you want to be? Mm. <laughs> I don't think I would ever have said this. But looking back on it, I think what's always really inspired me is persuading people through the written word, through language. And um, I've always enjoyed that was a bit I enjoyed most of my marketing days, actually, was um, was, you know, the writing and, and the, the getting into my customers heads as well. That was always fun. And, and of course, the marketing never goes away because on your on your uh, website, you've been featured in Huffington Post, uh, book marketing tools. You know, you you contacted me about this podcast. So you're you're having you, marketing never goes away, whatever you're doing. Uh, how, how much of your business is that is letting people know what you are doing and how they can reach you and find out more? Oh, well, it's always a, a massive part of it. I and mean, I think it is for anybody in my position. Um, so much of it is about putting yourself out out there isn't it and letting people know what you do so yeah i mean i'm i i love twitter uh you know as you say that's how we make contact and um and i do a blog um i post on other p i guess blog for other people uh, i go on podcasts mm-hmm. uh i've been interviewed on summits um i do a bit of speaking uh that's something i'm just sort of starting to build up more um and i also um send out regular e-newsletter um so yeah you know it's it's i think it is a really crucial part and i do a bit of that every day really it's not just something i think oh it's thursday i'll do some marketing as you say marketing is always part of everything you're doing isn't it and i suppose that's that's the benefit of me having that marketing and social media experience is that i it feels like natural to me to bring that into it all it's really interesting and again you've got a lot of marketing experience and i think that no one of these things um changes your life and i'm 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 asking you this because Marketing is an important thing for all, all authors to do, all self-published authors and traditionally published. No one thing actually changes your life, does it? So if you're on uh, Huffington Post, for instance, your life doesn't change within the week. But all of these bits have a, like a pincer movement, which constantly drive traffic to your whatever your message is, whatever your product is. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Somebody once said to me, because um, uh, I was, I think at the time I was feeling a bit dispirited. I think or I always felt like I was doing a lot, not getting a lot back from it. And she said, you know what, Jenny, little things done often will always lead to something big. And she was so right as well. You know, when you keep at it, when you keep tweeting, when you keep blogging, whatever's working for you best, you know, different things work for different people, don't they? But, but whenever you keep doing things regularly and don't give up, and I think consistency is so important it will lead to the right things. It will do it. Eventually it has to. It's like it can't not. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that sometimes it can be hard to keep the faith, can't it? Yeah, but you. Uh, but then you know all the tricks. If you look at the experience where I was already looking at you because I'd seen you on, on Twitter, and the first thing I do if I'm interested in, in what somebody does is I have a look at them online. I have a look at their Twitter account, their Facebook. I expect them to have a website. And if then I go to that and it's impressive and I can see exactly what you do, I don't have to go hunting for it, we're then on the next level. You know, you're you're automatically through the gate from, from a marketing point of view and a visibility point of view. And I think I think all, all authors could learn something from that, that if you, if I just can't find anything out about you and you know, you don't exist to you in effect. From and I'm, I'm looking at your marketing experience really with for this answer. Yeah, I absolutely. I think, but I think what you've identified there is that is the consistency across the different platforms, isn't it? Um, and that's something that I I learned a lot about when I was working in social media is that that if you look at somebody's Twitter account and it's saying something different about them to their website or something different about them to their Facebook page or or LinkedIn profile. There's a, there's a confusion then that arises, isn't there? And I think um, sometimes people go through career trans- 
transitions where they they dabble in things and that's all fine but you need to make sure that everything's all lining up because otherwise you know i mean i sometimes people don't keep their linkedin profiles up to date um because they i don't know they don't see any points in it or they just forget about it or whatever um and so i go on there and i think hang on a minute they say they do one thing here and then another thing on their website their twitter's all seems to be about something completely different and i can't work out what that person's about and and you can't do that online I don't think any. You? you have to be consistent. If you go to a networking meeting and you meet somebody individually, you can kind of get a chance to talk through all those different things. But online, people don't get that depth. Well, so I, you have to, yeah, you, know, you just have to line it all up. It's very interesting because when I when I teach social media, and this is our social media past now catching up with us, <laughs> but um, I always say to people, you know, that uh, if you're doing social media right, if you go to a networking event, people should say, oh, I recognise you from Twitter. Um, mm. You know, I've, I've seen your profile. In actual fact, I was in a room of uh, 500 people the other day at a writing event in York, and somebody spotted me from my social media profile and, and, and came up and introduced themselves to me. I thought, great. It, you know, that it proves that that kind of consistency, the same mugshots are, across the board and you know I always say to people no hats you know let, let us see you as you are uh, on social mm. media it's so so important I think from a, a branding and marketing point of view oh absolutely yes and I have had that experience many times of going to networking and then somebody's saying they'd seen me on Twitter and that's lovely isn't it because actually you feel like you already know each other a bit so instead of it being this cold start where you feel a bit awkward you you've already got something to talk about which is really really nice and it just adds this whole human element to it um, and I absolutely agree with keeping mugshots consistent and so on as well I mean I once uh, one of my bugbears is um, really rubbish profile shots I always get a bit strident about it if I, I could start ranting actually if I wasn't careful but... <laughs> I'm the same don't worry I tell people about it all the time <laughs> I once did see actually I once did meet somebody at a networking and then I went back to connect with him on LinkedIn and um, there was a picture his profile shot was a picture of him in the bath I mean I'm not joking he was actually lying in the bath and I just thought on what level did you think that was really appropriate for LinkedIn so I think that's the most extreme example I've come across that is a classic actually I I did I'm sorry we're going into this but it's important for branding I think but I um I met a lady once with a brilliant LinkedIn profile and, and and to be fair, I don't want to be sexist about this, but ladies are, I think, the, the, the people who do this most. She completely changed the colour of her hair and her visual appearance. And I said, the, the only problem is it's a great LinkedIn profile. But if I look at you now, you don't look like anything like that person on that LinkedIn profile. And it, it's absolutely fine if you want to change your hair. Change it every week if you want to. But that means you've got to keep your profile up to date as well. Yes, that's so important because when you see somebody in real life, well, actually what happens more often is you meet somebody, you want to go like connect with them on LinkedIn but you're not quite sure if you've got the right person or not and of course if you see them and recognize them then you know but yeah you're right if they've changed if they've aged 25 years and changed their hair color <laughs> then it becomes difficult <laughs> well, you know I had all my publicity shots taken it was about six years ago and I'm getting to the stage now where people are, are trying to suddenly say to me well, you don't look like that anymore or uh, which means I'm getting <laughs> older so I'm gonna have to get some new publicity shots taken I think because I just look you know 10, 20 years older ago older and wiser that's what I'm saying older and wiser that's right yes exactly yeah you know, so that was that was all marketing that was all marketing stuff for free we weren't anticipating talking about that but we, we might as well talk about it because I think it's so important um one thing I don't want you've written your own book of course because you've got to follow your own advice which is that you are an expert in this field and therefore you have to have your own book out what, what was that that like when you were the expert and you and you were actually writing the book from what's in your head <laughs> yeah well my book is um the business book outline builder and um it it's uh, it's an ebook, so it's it's a relatively short book, and it was always intended to be because I wanted it to be a quick start for people when they when they starting to write their own business book. Because what I find is that the number one p- problem people come up against is that they don't know where to start, um, or actually even worse, they start but they do it wrong and they get halfway through and realize they've started to write the wrong book, which is totally, you know, tragic really because they've wasted all this all this time. So really, it just talks people through you know how you decide why you're writing your book who it should be for um what is the central why of your book in terms of what's the purpose for the reader in it so what question are you answering what burning need are you are you are you helping with um what's in it for them for reading it and it's only after you've answered those questions that you then work out 
what it is you're going to say. Um, and then there are various templates I give people for, for different structures, for different outlines that they can do. And then also I think I, I'm a big believer in building the marketing of your business into the book right from the beginning. So you don't write it and then afterwards think, or well, how am I going to sell it or how am I, how am I going to pr- use this to promote my business or how am I going to use it to get more email signups or whatever? Um, you actually think about that right from the beginning so that you're, you're working that into the book as you go through. Um, so really that, 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 that book, the business book outline builder is really um, a, a quick start way for people to just get going with their book and, and do it right do it right from the beginning because it breaks my heart when I see it being done wrong it's awful <laughs> yeah, yeah that's so important you see because you know again your website is the you know the, the, the perfect example of how this should be done is that we have something that we offer for free the, the leads capture the free report the consultative session the free strategy session as you call it on your website and then you make it very easy for us to either contact you or to get hold of that by registering for your email miss, list and when we're on your email list you can follow up with us you can give us more information and you can build that relationship even if people aren't quite ready to make a move just yet and of course you've got the video there so that we can know like and trust you before we start and that's just classic marketing isn't it yeah well thank you very much that's a compliment from you um (laughs) i must say so no thank you i I, yes you're absolutely right i do all of these things um and i put a lot of effort into them and i you know i think they're important and um none of them are things that everybody can't do you know there's no there's nothing there's no secret you know skill to it all it's it's just doing the right things getting them in place and then keeping consistent one thing i do want to talk to you about is i'm more and more i i tend to read fiction on a kindle or paperback but non-fiction which is predominantly what you're doing i'm listening to an audiobook i tend to buy the audiobook i listen to it in the car and if i get tremendous value from the audiobook i buy the book so i got both of them i'm buying more than i ever was before um but i i just find it easier to consume now this may be a yes or no answer but but are you are you advising clients on the audiobook um, factor because I think a lot more people are using them to learn now aren't they yeah well that's a really interesting point that you brought up and um, it, it isn't no the answer to your question isn't so much that I I will advise them on all this kind of thing because usually the, obviously the first step is to write the book and that's the point at which I'm involved and anything after that um, will be between them and their publisher and and decisions they take after that but but actually i think that that's really interesting that you've you you've mentioned it because i think that is now something i will bring in to my discussions with them more is i will have you thought about an audio book and it would be something that it's it's really very much the second step after you've had the original book published isn't it so for me usually by that point that's further down the line that's beyond the point where i'm involved with them but actually that's still something that i can talk to them about Uh, and it all comes down to different people absorb knowledge in different ways don't and you're obviously somebody who likes to hear stuff um i'm somebody who prefers to read it i'm not particularly into audio books but that's fine because everyone's different and everyone will get something different out of it and sometimes i'll buy a book on kindle just because it's cheap and quick but if i'm really enjoying it and i think no i'd like i'd like to get the proper book because i'd like to be able to refer back to it and put maybe a fold over a corner and you know scribble bits on it or something then i'll go and buy the actual book itself and i suppose i see that as the highest compliment that I'm paying the book if I'll buy it in two different formats just like you said that, that author's getting double the money <laughs> and you're getting double the benefit yeah yeah exactly I mean well what, what I'm doing more and more is I, I tend to consume podcasts and uh, audible audiobooks and if the narrator's just a little bit slower than I can take the information I tend to just speed it up fractionally which is the other thing I like about it that mm-hmm. I can I can compress my learning you know into 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 driving time effectively and then if there's so much value in that book that actually I got to buy the thing and then go through it again underline things and put stars on all over it and, and as you say turn the pages down I'm doing that more and more. So I just, to me, it's, you know, quite a good part of a, a, a non-fiction author's repertoire now is to have the audio book um, as well, could just make more money. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. And it's funny when you were talking about speeding it up, because I, I, I did that on a podcast I was listening to the other day, but I'd, I'd sped it up without realising it. I just must have tapped on the wrong thing. <laughs> I thought, this woman's on speed. It's like, why, why is she a bike? <laughs> and, and then I, spent, I listened to the whole thing in double quick time, sort of struggling to keep up with it. And then I realised, of course, that it was on double speed or something. 
<laughs> no wonder it sounded odd. <laughs> I'm so pleased you said that because I, I accidentally slowed one down the other day. Uh, you know, just pressed the wrong button. I was thinking, well, this is a bit boring. Uh, and, and I did exactly the same thing in, in reverse. It's so easy to click those buttons. But it is it is pretty handy sometimes. You've got a fast speaker that you need to slow down or a slow speaker that you can actually take the information at a faster pace. It's just, I just find it wonderful now. You know, the, the all the modern technology just makes life so much easier. Oh, yes. Yes, it's amazing. We, so much so that people, People like me can't always keep up with it, obviously. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so anyhow, if people want to get a uh, uh, the, the book out of them, uh, because you, you describe, you know, you are a ghostwriter and a writing coach as well. How, how do people engage with you in the first instance? What's the best way to, to find you and discover more about you? Yeah, well, the, the best the best way to start is on my website. So that's marketing21.co.uk. So that's um, all in letters, marketing21.co.uk. Um so you can find out more about me there. You can also, if you add slash expert to the end of that URL, you can get to my free ebook, um, or, or you can get it from the sidebar on my website, as you mentioned earlier. So that's how to stand out as an expert with your own book. And it really just talks to you through why you want a book and the steps you need to take in order to, you know, to get to the point where, where you can, where you can start your book. Um, so that yeah, that's the best place. I'm also on I'm also on Twitter. Um, that's underscore Ginny Carter. That's G I double N Y Carter. Um, and then what I also do as well is that you'll see on my website on the top menu, I offer a free strategy session to people who are serious about about writing a book. And I will happily give up half an hour of my time to talk through whatever it is that's stopping you getting. St- started so it might be um you don't know what idea to choose for your book or you might have started it and got stuck and not sure how to carry on whatever whatever it is if i think you're really serious i'll I'll offer you a session um and i can just help you you know with with whatever it is that's stopping you writing it because i i nothing i would love more than for everybody who's got a book in them to actually write it and get it out there thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.